Welcome to the Layman's Homily Podcast. I'm Tony Darienzo, and alongside me is my brother, Brandon Darienzo. In this week's episode, our inaugural episode, we'll be talking about joy. What is it? Is it just a feeling or something more? And how do we find it in our daily lives? All this and more on Layman's Homily. All right, welcome to the podcast. We have a packed show for you today, so let's dive right in. Brandon, what is joy? That's a good question, Tony. So first I wanna talk about the difference between happiness and joy, because that'll help us get an understanding of what joy is. Happiness, we're all really familiar with happiness, and we know that it comes and goes. It's, it's an emotional state, and it's brought about by external circumstances. Sometimes it's something going right, it's having something that we want, it's a beautiful thing that happened to us, or a good thing that happened to us. It's, it's that state of gladness that we were able to receive. Joy, however, is an abiding and pervasive condition of the heart. So joy is not brought about by external circumstances, and because of that, it is steadfast amidst whatever is going on in our life. It's steadfast amidst trial and tribulation. And so we're able to live with joy because we're able to constantly have a condition that our heart's set in. Okay, so do you have any like practical examples of this difference? Um, just so that our audience can kind of get a more uh, clearer picture. Yeah. Yeah, so happiness would be, for example, a kid receiving a Christmas gift that he really wanted. Like, he gets exactly what he wants, like a Star Wars Lego set, um, you know, the Death Star, what, what, what not. And then joy would be just being able to... You look at some of the great saints like Mother Teresa and... St. Catherine of Siena and the saints that had the stigmata, right? They're living with a lot of pain. Uh, that's that really wouldn't bring you bring you happiness because it, you're you're living with suffering in your daily life. Yet somehow they were able to live with this this heightened sense of of gladness and not be deterred from the pain that they were experiencing. Or Mother Teresa, the poor conditions that she constantly lived in. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a story in. The Acts of the Apostles, where um, Saint uh, Saint Peter and John, Saint John, and the rest of the apostles, um, they were, I think, flogged by the Sanhedrin or uh, the the leading Pharisees. And Scripture specifically says they were they rejoiced um, for suffer. Uh, they rejoiced because they were found worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's powerful. I mean, joy's joy's definitely powerful. Yeah, so where does this joy like come from? Yeah, so joy first of all is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So it comes from the Holy Spirit. St. Paul writes in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control 
So joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So it comes from the sacraments. From uh, It's been given to us in baptism and confirmation. It also comes from the union of love that exists between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, there's a beautiful line in John, Jesus' prayer where he says, And I am no longer more in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be as one, even as we are one. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So there's some, there's this joy that's able to come from the love of the Trinity, like the blessed life that they share. And also, joy comes from knowing that you are loved. And we were able to receive the love of the Father by prayer, by constantly lifting our minds up to God. Um, like prayer is able to take us out of ourselves and receive the love of the Father throughout our day. So I'd say those are three places where joy comes from. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting because um, all three of those places you mentioned where joy would come from, it's all coming from God himself, mm-hmm. not from any anything else, not from the world, yeah, not from anything else other than God himself. How do you get this like from your own experience or something like that? Yeah, there so there's I was reading The Joy of the Gospel by Pope Francis and he has a line a quote in there. Whenever our interior life becomes caught up in its own interests and concerns, there's no longer room for others. No place for the poor. God's voice is no longer heard. The quiet joy of his love is no longer felt. And the desire to do good fades. And I, I, when I read this, I really relate to this because when I'm, I've noticed that when I'm not in a state of prayer or gratefulness throughout my day and I'm concerned with my own problems or maybe I'm trying to, I'm thinking a lot or trying to figure something out in, under my own power mm-hmm. or just really just, um, carried away with my own thoughts and my own problems I don't give any of that space to God because ultimately God he comes in the form of a baby like he comes in like humility and, and meek, you know, meek state like there's no room for the poor it says no place for the poor um, so I've noticed that like to live with joy I have to have that like condition that attitude of, of re- it's like attitude of receiving throughout the day whether whatever it is like whether it's uh, good things or bad things sufferings um, you know maybe really not looking forward to something during the day but mm-hmm. just being able to the knowledge that uh, nothing giving to God is wasted like even something even something that you know is going to involve suffering like you can still give that to God um, that's that's part of how I live with joy and also praying the Angelus in the morning uh during the day and in the evening just helps me just helps me to remember remember God's love in the in the busyness of daily life yeah I think one thing that helps me um, is knowing that you know like after after a long day of work because I work 10 hour days um, is going to mass mm-hmm. yeah after is knowing that I'm gonna receive Jesus um, in the in the Eucharist 
um, which that's an, another fun topic, um, the Eucharist. But um, yeah, receiving, like going to Mass and receiving the Eucharist, that just brings so much joy. So, but is joy a feeling? Is joy a feeling? Or is it something more? <laughs> no, I think that I think that it's a condition. I really like the phrase it's a condition of the heart. It's an interior disposition, right? It's like how we can either choose to uh how are we gonna choose it's kind of a choice, like how are we gonna choose to to live today? Um are we gonna be grateful for the things today or are we gonna be despondent with, with things that are going on or just dis- or distracted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to your the letter uh, St. Paul's words in mm-hmm. the letter of the Galatians, right? The fruit of the the fruits of the spirit mm-hmm. are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Mm-hmm. Um, none of those are f- feelings, right? They're all yeah. virtues. Yeah. Someone someone called them virtues. Yeah. I mean, self-control is definitely a virtue. Patience. We all hear the phrase patience is a virtue. Um, it's a fruit of the spirit, but it's like it. These are kind of more like dispositions. Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, the virtues are more like you know fortitude, temperance, justice. You know, since joy is listed among them, like we would, yeah, we definitely say that they're. It's not necessarily a feeling. It's more so a disposition. Mm-hmm. And the, the beautiful heart. thing, the beautiful thing is that we don't have to bring them about through our own power. We're, we're able to receive them. Yeah, they come about through doing the good. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of, you know, you you sort of brought up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, doing the good. Um, so speaking of doing the good, how do, we, how do we live joy? How do we find joy in our daily lives? First of all, frequent reception of the sacraments. You know, making an active effort to, to get to daily mass, like you were saying to go to confession, to receive that grace, that share in the life of the Trinity. Uh, second of all, living in the presence of, living as much as possible in the presence of God. So there are different ways to do this. First and foremost, adoration. Jesus is in the Blessed Sacrament, and his presence is with us, and he's able to impart that joy upon us. But also, being in a state of prayer during the workday, like whatever it is for you. For, you. Um, for me, it's the Angelus. Uh, you know, Tony and I have been listening to the rosary in the car often, like on, on commutes and stuff. You can listen to the rosary by Bishop Barron on Spotify, and that's a beautiful way to just remain in prayer throughout the day. Maybe it's just having a picture of Christ on your phone that you can look at during the day to know that he's always with you. The you know, more we're able to simply give time to God, the more that we can recognize his face throughout the day. Um, also, before, before, before yeah. you get going, yeah. um, I did want to say some, a point about um, going to confession. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really brings really a lot of like joy and relief. Um, I went to confession earlier this week, actually, and it's such a yeah, it brings so much joy to know that your sins have been forgiven, like to trust in that, um, and it's really incredible. So yeah, encourage. Yeah, frequent reception of the sacraments, 100%. Yeah, and another line from the Joy of the Gospel, Pope Francis says, going along with confession, he says, Now is the time to say to Jesus, Lord, I have let myself be deceived. 
In a thousand ways I have shunned your love, yet here I am once more to renew my covenant with you. I need you. Save me once again, Lord. Take me once more into your redeeming embrace. How good it feels to come back to him whenever we are lost. God never tires of forgiving us. We are the ones who tire of seeking his mercy. With a tenderness which never disappoints, but is always capable of restoring our joy, he makes it possible for us to lift up our heads and to start anew. That's kind of a long quote, but the Catholic faith, we're always given a chance to start anew. Christ always gives us a chance to start anew. And sometimes I need that during the day too. Like first half of the day slips away from me, not so great. And then I'm like, okay, you know, Lord, I, I need you a little bit more during the second half of the day. I need to turn to you, I need to lean on you. And I need to be made anew, made some mistakes or whatnot. But we're always given a chance to be, to be made anew every day. His mercy is always there for us. And another way to, to receive that joy is to, like I was saying, receive the Father's love. And one of the ways we do that is by using the gifts that he gave us. For example, I love, I love hiking. You know, I love playing sports and I love, also love learning history. And so pursuing those activities in my free time actually gives me life. And because I've been, you know, I've been gifted to be able to enjoy those activities, and yeah, yeah it, it brings me joy to, to do that. Like it, we need to we need to make sure that we're we're making efforts to to go out and do those things that we love to do. Uh, have the freedom have the freedom to do that. Like just go hike in the mountains, or that can that can bring us joy too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it's it's um, you know, whenever I like record something like a new song or something, and on my guitar, and like finally get it to sound good. Yeah. And like just listening back when hearing like how good it sounds, it's like man. Yeah. And so there's so much joy in that. Absolutely. So, um, there are there any other ways that you could. Um, find joy in our daily lives just ask asking the father for joy jesus says truly truly i say to you if you ask anything of the father he will give it to you in my name until now you have asked nothing in my name ask and you will receive that your joy may be full it's John chapter 16, verses 23 through 24. A lot of times I think that we don't ask boldly enough. I, I certainly have been guilty of just not giving God the opportunity just to just, yeah, I just need to ask boldly. And joy is one of those things where sometimes, you know, you just, work sucks or, or your day kind of sucks. There's a whirlwind, whatnot, of circumstances. Like, like God, I've, I have, I have no joy in me whatsoever. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm just completely cynical today, and not having it. I just don't have my best, and just to, just to ask. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm asked. I'm reminded of the story of Abraham, um, and when he's, you know, getting ready, or when the Lord's getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham keeps asking he's like hey god um would you spare sodom and gomorrah if you could find 50 righteous people okay 40 30 he keeps going lower he stopped but he stops 
He stops at 10. Yeah. You know, if Abraham were even more bold, it, like, in reducing it, who knows? Perhaps Sodom and Gomorrah may have been spared. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we never know. Um, yeah, definitely encourage um, boldness and prayer. Yeah. Um, so you've talked a lot about, you know, ways that you can find joy in your daily life that are Catholic or Christian in scope. Um, what if you're what if you're you're not Christian or not Catholic? Um, I know there may be some people in our audience who aren't. Um, yeah. Can you can you find joy if you're if you're um, not Christian? Can you find joy in your daily life? Yes, you can. And this goes back to uh, receiving love. So one of the ways that you receive joy is by knowing that you are loved. So knowing that you're loved, that can come through the relationships that we have. For example, our family, our friends, our partner, you know, our you know, a girlfriend or boyfriend or our spouse. Uh, knowing that you are loved allows us to live with joy throughout the day because maybe it's that I, that aspect of like I know that my, my suffering isn't meaningless because there's someone else that like I'm giving this to uh, and there's someone else who's sharing these experiences with me uh, and that that someone there who's else that's, who's there for me and who's really I can call my friend um, and that I know loves me no matter what like that um that can that's totally a source of joy and i think for catholics like that we you know we receive that love first and foremost from god the father who is love itself and so king david writes you show me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy in your right hand are pleasures forevermore in psalm 16:11 so fullness of joy comes from God the Father himself. But we're still able to, since he's made us in his image and likeness, we're still able to receive uh, that joy through others. Yeah. And I think another way, too, is you you mentioned earlier about, you know, doing the things that, you know, that you like to do that give, that are life-giving. Yeah, um, exactly. That's not, that's definitely not necessarily a Catholic or Christian thing. Like Something you know, you're passionate about. Yeah, like, for me playing music that's not yep. necessarily a catholic or christian thing um and yeah you mentioned hiking or playing sports that's also not necessarily mm-hmm. catholic or christian and the other thing about those those particular things too is that a lot of times not all the time but a lot of times those are in community those are in relationship with others yeah and you know that ties into your point you were making just a few minutes a few seconds ago about you know you know your friends and your family bring you joy. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, things that you're passionate. About. I was just watching a, I watched a, ESPN documentary about John Madden right after he passed, and I would say that football gave joy to John Madden. Yeah. <laughs> he absolutely loved the game. Um, and yeah, he it gave him great joy. So like, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, well, that will bring us to an end for. Uh, this segment um brandon any last closing thoughts well i just want to say that you know take take those steps take those practical steps in your day to 
to receive the Father's love. You know, whatever prayers that you have, make time to say some prayers in the morning throughout the day so that you don't forget, right? Sin is forgetting. Like, just, just to remember, remember that the Father loves us no matter what and that nothing, like even going through Bible in, in the year, even Joseph in the Old Testament when he was in prison, uh, like God, God was still with him. God still showed him favor and still blessed that time. So even in the times that we're really confused and we're not really sure that we're in the right spot, maybe in our careers or in our uh, in what we're studying or what we're you know pursuing, just to know that no, no time that is given to God is is wasted and that He'll still be with us. All right. Well, thank you, thank you for uh, enlightening us all on uh, this this topic of joy. Uh, You're welcome. Thank all you. All right. So now we're going to move into our uh, next segment of the show, which is called, uh, or sorry, segment of the podcast called Cloud of Witnesses, in which we briefly discuss some of the saints or feast days that we celebrate um, in the liturgical calendar, the, the Roman Catholic or the liturgical calendar for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, we have a few good saints. Um Brandon, I know you really like one of the saints uh, oh, yeah. that we're celebrating this week. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, St. John Bosco. St. John Bosco. So Monday, February, no, Monday, January 31st is, mm-hmm. is the feast day for St. John Bosco. And I, I love St. John Bosco uh, for multiple reasons. He, he really, the care that he showed for the, for the youth, which is so important to, to teach the youth and to be be a mentor figure for them mm-hmm. and to gu- kind of guide them in the right direction like he worked with displaced youth in Turin who you know were maybe orphans or just somehow ended up on the streets and they became you know they were not um, they're not on a good path and he, he he guided them on a good path and gave them was able to form apprentices for them teach them skills help teach them to pray helped some of them become priests. He started the Society of St. Francis de Sales, which is now known as the Salesians, and that is that order to care for the youth and the teacher. There's lots of schools named St. John Bosco uh, in the the U.S. and and, in Italy. So just an incredible amount of trust, too, in God. There were many times where he didn't have the money to support the kids to build a shelter and uh, tools to teach them, and one after another it's just these, these anonymous donors or these friends would come up and like at the right time at the right place and give him the money that he needed and it was just and he just had incredible trust yeah he sounds like a very very um, holy man um, actually it's really funny one of my one of my friends um, who graduated from Georgia Tech a, a while ago she's actually um, as far as I know she's still in the Salesian order awesome so. Yeah, yeah. We, we love we love the Salesians. We love Saint John Bosco. Yes. Now, um, all right. So, Tony, um, tell us about another feast that we're celebrating this week. Yeah. So, February second, probably the biggest feast of the week. Not that Saint John Bosco isn't great and all, but um, in terms of like categories of feasts, I think Saint John Bosco is a was called a memorial. Okay. But. On February second, we have a, a feast, a okay. feast day, um, and that is that's a Sunday. Sunday is a feast, correct? Sundays are solemnities. Sundays solemnities. That's right. Yeah. Um, but this is this this feast is high enough that it would knock off a 
a Sunday. Okay. Um, in ordinary time, it would replace it. Okay. Um, and that is the Feast of Candlemas, also known as the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, also known as uh, the Presentation of Our Lord in the Temple. Um, so, wow. why why are these? You know, why does it have three different names? Well, um, <laughs> we'll start with the first one, Candlemas, um, which is a traditional name um, because that is when we bless. Um, the candles for the year okay. um, in, in the Catholic Church. So we have a blessing of candles and right, um, right during the liturgy for Candlemas. Hmm. Um, and oftentimes these, this liturgy is candle lit, so it's normally done at night, and it's absolutely beautiful. If you ever, got, ever get the chance to go to a candlelit Candlemas liturgy, it's absolutely yeah. gorgeous with, mm-hmm. with the chapel only being lit by candles and and it's very dark, it's, but it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful reminder that Christ is a light um, yeah. for the world. Um, it's called the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary because in the ancient in the ancient world, in ancient Israel um, a woman who gives birth is considered ritually unclean for 40 days after giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after 40 days, then she you know, becomes ritually clean again. Um, so Mary, um, that's another topic for another time, but Mary is you know, sinless. She didn't need, um, she didn't need to be purified, but you know, she, as a good, faithful Jewish woman, still underwent the, the ritual purification. Um, kind of and, reminds me that Jesus didn't need to be baptized. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, we celebrated the baptism of the Lord a few weeks ago, and, you know, Jesus didn't need to be baptized because he was sinless, but mm-hmm. he, um, you know, still did it to more so for us. Yeah. Yeah, and it's called the presentation of the Lord because, well, Jesus is presented into the temple, the infant Jesus, you know, 40 days after being born. Um, like every male, um, every firstborn son was, you know, after 40 days of being born, supposed to be con- uh, brought to the temple okay, to be consecrated to the Lord. Okay. And so Jesus, um, being the firstborn son and only son of the Blessed Virgin Mary and uh, the foster father, St. Joseph. Um, they bring him to the temple and, you know, the glory of the Lord is returning to the temple in this. Hmm. Um, because back in, you know, the kingdom, mm-hmm. um, the kingdom period, um, towards the end, the Babylonians came in to Jerusalem and destroyed the old temple. Yeah. Um, the temple was the source and summit of of everything for Jewish the, the ancient Israelites. Yeah. And you know, having that destroyed, they they longed for it. You can hear some of the longing for the, the restoration of the glory of the temple in the prophets and in the Psalms. Um, but then, you know, Jesus comes in and 
brings that glory back. Mm-hmm. Being God himself yeah. like, reconciles the temple back to its original glory when it's re- after it's rebuilt under King Herod. Gotcha. Um, and so there is a, a man who's, at, who's in the temple when Jesus comes in mm-hmm. as an infant um, named Simeon. Yep. He's, he's a very interesting character because he he's an old man. He's about to die, but it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die until he saw the Christ. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he that's pretty awesome, right? I mean, like you get like you're you're advanced in years, but you at least get to see the Messiah before you die. Because there yeah. are some people that would have like didn't get to see the Messiah, and so. Simeon sees the baby Jesus come into the temple and he he takes him into his arms and instantly recognizes you know some, there's something in Jesus that Simeon sees huh. and is like this this is him yeah this is him this little baby is going to save Israel yeah and save the world and so he's he's he says says this prayer he he sing, sings this prayer to God, um, which we actually, um, if you're familiar with the liturgy of the hours, we pray this every night um, in night prayer. Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people, Israel. So it's a really beautiful... Really beautiful. Yeah, that glory is is restored in Christ. Yeah. Um, He also says something to Mary. um, He says, um, and you yourself, a sword will pierce. Yeah. So that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Um, So that kind of ties into, you know, that Mary is also going to suffer, right, alongside Christ. Yeah. And yet this is one of the joyful mysteries. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a joy, there's there's a joy in that, you know, the glory of the Lord has been returned to the temple, and yeah. that this this man Simeon, this holy man Simeon, is able to lay, be able to behold the Messiah. Yeah, be able to behold the Christ. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And just to just to recap, so the candle mass is called a candle mass because it blesses all the candles for that liturgical year. Yes. Okay. And it's a sim- symbol that you know Christ is is the light, the right. light for revelation to the Gentiles. Okay. And it just so happens that it lines up with the presentation of the temple. Yes. Or is that on purpose? I mean, it's on purpose, right? Um, so yeah, it's it's this you know, mm-hmm. it's this connection between you know Christ being the light to the Gentile being this this I think it has a lot to do with this phrase right in that canticle of Simeon a light for revelation to the Gentiles mm-hmm. um, yeah and and how many candle masses are there per, per liturgical year just one. Oh, really just one this this one, one per year yep okay so bless all the candles for that will that and it's always on the presentation yes oh, okay well, awesome why it's called candle mass so awesome. Well, there you go. Um, it's coming up this week. Yeah. So, yeah, I encourage you all to read read the story of the presentation of the Lord. Um, it's Luke chapter two, verses verses twenty two 
through 38. Great. So we'll move into our last segment. We've got a special segment for you this week and onwards. Right now we are starting a new segment called Lyrical Lift, which is where we apply secular songs to the spiritual life. So Tony, what uh, what do you have for us today, so, this week? Our lyrical lift for this week. Um, if you're a if you're a fan of uh, European soccer, mm. um, you may have heard of this song. Or if you're a fan of old musicals, um, you may have heard of this song. Okay. Um, it's called "You'll Never Walk Alone." Um, it for a little bit of context, it is originally from the 1945 musical Carousel, uh, written by Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein II. But in 1963, it was made famous when Liverpool FC, um, one of the biggest clubs, one of the the big six in the uh, English Premier League, um, which is the top top football soccer division in in England. Mm-hmm. Um, so they adopted a cover version done by a local Liverpool group. Um, from, from the city mm-hmm. um, called Jerry and the Pacemakers. So Liverpool FC adopted their version to use as the walkout anthem. So when the players come out onto the field come or come out onto the pitch, um, 50,000 or more fans, almost always sold out crowds, everybody belts out this song. Um, and it's a really incredible atmosphere. It's one of the most unmatched atmospheres in all of sport. Okay. And so the lyrics go as follows. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the storm, there's a golden sky and the sweet silver song of a lark. Walk on through the wind Walk on through the rain, though your dreams be tossed and blown. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone okay so what what do those lyrics mean to you tony so for me i think the song is about perseverance you know keep walking through the storms that life throws at you Um, even if your plans for your life get torn down keep persevering and you know if you have hope in your heart you'll never walk alone and this that that chorus right we can apply to the theological virtue of hope, which is a trust in God's promises for us. Yeah. If we can, if we can trust in His promises, we we know that He will always be with us, right? He says, um, Jesus says in at the end of Matthew's gospel, "I will all, I will be with you always until the end of the age." Mm-hmm. And if so, if God is always with us, we'll never walk alone. There you go. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, so take that with you for this week. Any 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 thoughts, Brandon, on, on 
You'll never walk alone. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's it's echoing. Honestly, it's echoing a little bit of what we talked about today. Um, like God, God doesn't choose just the good times to be with us. He chooses all times, um, and we don't we don't have to walk alone. He he'll always you know, help carry help carry our, our cross. All right. And I think also um, reaching out. You know, this isn't something to be meant to live alone. Like our Catholic faith is meant to be shared and lived in community. Uh, this is why this is part of the reason why we're starting this podcast because we want to be able to connect with you all. And as you're as you're striving for holiness, as my brother and I are, and really who you know, we have a love for our faith, and we want to learn how to how do we live our faith in our daily lives? How do we pay, how do we be Catholic men and women? And we we can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So. Yeah. Well, that is it for this inaugural episode. A few final things before we wrap up. First, if you liked what you heard, or even if you didn't, (laughs) please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review. This will help us reach more people and get the good news out to a world which desperately needs to hear it. Second, we're going to have a mailbag segment on future episodes. So, if you have questions about anything we've discussed on the podcast, or anything in general, please send them via email to laymanshomily at gmail.com. That's L-A-Y-M-A-N-S-H-O-M-I-L-Y at gmail.com. Third, we actually have a patron saint for this podcast. Patron saint of this podcast is St. Joseph. St. Joseph. Who is the greatest layman saint. Yes. um, Objectively. (laughs) Um, he's the foster father of Jesus, and I'm sure you'll hear more about him on a later on later podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, please pray for us. Um, we 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 always need prayers. Um, like like we said, we can't do this this alone. So uh, we we need need prayers, um, and we and know that we will be praying for you. So God bless you this week, and we look forward to speaking to you all next week. This has been. The Layman's Homily.